What's sex got to do with emotion and emotion with sex? Well, in today's episode, you're going to find out what that is and some strategies on how to verbalize your emotion and sex and connect it all together. So stay tuned to the episode. This podcast is for you, the modern man. I'm Dr. Ann Trung, your host. I'm an intimate health medical doctor and best-selling author of the book, Erectile Dysfunction Fix. I'll do a deep dive into sexual health and performance and how it affects men of all ages and backgrounds. So let's get started and be sure to visit my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com for more information and resources from the show. See you on the inside. Well, hello there. Welcome back again. Today, I am here with Dr. Glenn Hill and his wife, Phyllis. And we're going to talk about everything about the emotion and sexuality. All right. And what is the connection between them and how you can elevate your emotion and how that will help you with your sex life. So thank you for being here, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis. Mm-hmm. I love it. Hello, yes, everyone. Thank you for having <laughs> us. All right. I've, I've been looking forward to this interview because I've been wanting to really dive into how your emotion is connected to your penis, right? Because what I call ED is like a penis attack. It's like a heart attack. And right. I want it to be that regarded as such. But I also mm. wanted to connect that your sexual organ, like your penis or a woman's sexual organ, is connected to your brain. And mm -hmm. my biggest framework is saying is that the brain is a larger sexual organ. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive into mm -hmm. that and look at, okay, why is the brain the larger sexual organ? So let's kind of dive into that. And what do emotion have to do with sex? Great question. Well, because uh, the brain is the largest sex organ, emotions fire in the brain. There are five neural mm -hmm. regions that house the emotions. Emotions occur throughout the body, but the brain's the central command center uh, for emotions. And the emotions fire in the limbic system, which is a little bit complex, but it's just where they're located. And the limbic system engages before the cortexes do. The cortexes are what control the executive function uh, of the brain. And that controls what happens for our bodies sexually, uh, which certainly includes the penis and the vagina, but many other aspects as well. So if emotions are not processed properly, the cortexes are not uh, operating okay, at their Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. So okay. emotion, uh, let, let, you yes. know, I don't know what cortex means. I don't know what limbic system means. We know what emotion is. And you had mm -hmm. mentioned the eight core emotion, okay? The eight right. core emotions, anger, hurt, sadness, loneliness, guilt, shame, fear, and joy. So we yeah. all know what that feels like. We all know what that is, the emotion that is mm -hmm. felt in our brain all right it's expressed right. in here in our brain okay so when you feel that emotion okay those are the emotion that's why i want to count out okay those are the emotion what's next what is how this emotion got to tie in with sex yeah and you think about if if whatever the core emotion is and the eight core emotions all other emotions are either levels or hybrids of those so if a guy is feeling a tremendous amount of fear, so, you know, he thinks somebody's about to break in his door and attack his family, it's going to be really tough for him to engage sexually in that moment. It's going to be very difficult for him to get an erection. 
because he's feeling so much fear. He's flooded with fear. And the same would be true with pain. He's already ready to be involved sexually and he stubs his toe. Well, literally he can lose his erection in two Mm -hmm. seconds because he banged his toe on the edge of the bed. And now he's not focused on sexual activity, sexual involvement, sexual connection. He's aware that his toe hurts like crazy because he just banged it on the, and again, that pain is actually an emotional experience. And now he's not going to be able to be involved sexually at any great level. And the same is true for a female. Right. If she feels threatened by him, if she feels fear with him, it's very difficult for her to engage sexually. So what happens? So that's intuitively we kind of know that, hey, you're distracted. You're in the moment you're hot and heavy. Mm-hmm. And then the moment right. you're distracted, the erection gone, mm-hmm. the, the woman is like, oh, I'm not in the mood anymore. So we know that. So how do we turn it around and optimize it so that mm-hmm. you get aroused, your partner is ready to rock and roll and you're ready to rock and roll, be able to get into a more of a roused state and stimulate your sexual response to get an erection. So we know that your mind has to be relaxed and clear, and so mm-hmm. is your penis. So in order for an erection to happen, your body is made so that your brain has to be relaxed in the moment and attuned in to your right. senses, which is the input mm-hmm. that you receive. And the five senses mm-hmm. are what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you hear, what you touch. And that mm-hmm. goes in with the emotion that you mentioned. So that Feed into the eight core emotion, and then there's chemicals that are released in the brain, and then mm-hmm. that the send messages to the nerve and the hormone that actually is released in right. the brain and the nerve outside of the brain to the spinal cord, and that travels to the heart. Then the heart will increase the blood, and the blood vessels has to open up, and then that goes to the genital area. So how can you process your emotion? So we know that, hey, if you feel sad or if you feel fear, feel threatened, that will dampen it. That makes sense. So in the contrary, how can you elevate that emotion to enhance your sexual response? Yeah, great question. Well, part of it, you know, for so many of us, we don't even really understand emotion. We don't understand. I know for me, I thought I could opt out. So I functioned for 50 years just opting out of emotion. Mm. So even sexually, I showed up, my body would show up, but Mm. there was such a big part missing because I did not have the emotional awareness. And that affected me and us for many, many years. And for me to understand that, no, no, we all have a Mm. part of our brain that houses emotion. I became very curious and had to tune in. Like I, it was not easy because I really did spend most of my life thinking, no, I don't, I opt out of all those. And so I had to learn. It's like going back to first grade and having to go, okay, I need to slow myself down. I'm a very task oriented mm-hmm. person. So I needed to slow myself down and go, what is happening for me? Mm-hmm. And we developed a lot of tools. One of them is called the core emotion wheel to just, it's a daily exercise that you do to tune in to your emotion. And then the best result is when you can share it with someone else. And so for us, we were sharing it in our marriage with each other. And we were doing this exercise, just two minutes per person, where you ask yourself what is happening. And you use this wheel that we created where you look at, okay, anger, what today did I feel anger about? So many times we think that we're supposed to self-manage that, Mm. but then eventually we blow up at each other. And if you're in a long-term relationship, eventually that pain becomes what separates us sexually. Mm. 
like, I don't feel safe with you sexually because I never know when you're going to blow up at me. Mm. And I feel hurt by what you said yesterday. And now you want to have this sexual encounter. And, you know, it just kind of goes down that road where our emotion really blocks us mm. from being completely free sexually with each other, which obviously also affects just being able to have and keep an erection when there's not that. And so often in time, it's the damage. It's kind of like we put it under trauma. It's like, okay, what do we do with that now? And this is just such a simple tool where we can go, okay, I can't change the history of our story, but I can learn how to identify it and how to listen and tune in to what's happening with me. And then I can communicate that to my partner and say, I'm feeling a lot of loneliness about what happened when the children were young and I was raising them while you were always mm. at work? It's still affecting me today because I'm aware of it. Right. But it's me tuning in mm. to what's happening for me so I can communicate that to my partner. So how do you tune into your emotion? So I ask myself that question. What is happening with me? I know it's firing. Okay. We know the science. Mm. If I could hook myself up to a brain scan and read it every day, oh, I mm. would see what's happening. Right. But we don't live a lifestyle where we do that. And so I have to have a tool. So the wheel shows all eight emotions and I just go around each one and I go, what's happening with fear? What's happening with sad? What's happening with lonely? And then I really learn how to define them because sometimes we miss, like we mm. think lonely, it's like, oh, I would do anything to spend an hour alone. I have people around me all the time, but that's not the definition of lonely is that you're okay being without people. You may feel very alone in the project that you're doing. You may feel very alone in the responsibility to provide for your family financially. And so loneliness can show up in a very different way than what we think. And same with fear. You know, I used to always say, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of the typical stuff. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I was a business owner and I realized that owning a company and having all these people work for me, I was dealing with fear on pretty high levels every day, fear of failure, fear of not making the right decision, fear of losing an employee and then having to replace them. So I had it wrong. I was defining fear in a way that was not tapping into my brain. And when I changed that and I actually realized, oh, wow, I have a lot of fear yeah. because of the responsibility that I had on my shoulders. Then I was able to process it, which meant I was able to say it as in, in the moment, I could actually name it. I could say, I have fear to make this phone call because if this phone call doesn't go well, I'm going to lose that client. That is my fear. And then just saying it, like my body shifted. I felt the power then to actually make that phone call where when I wasn't verbalizing it and I was holding it in my body, I couldn't, I would procrastinate all day. It would be the last thing I would do. The emotion you feel is fear versus tired or versus fatigue. Yeah. How do you identify that as fear or sadness? That's a great question. Most people's emotion muscle has atrophied to the point mm. that they don't know. I started a workout program a few months ago and I've, I think it's called the rear deltoid machine and I tried to do it and I could barely <laughs> move it at all. Apparently my rear deltoids are incredibly weak. 
So it's not that they're not there. They're still there. They didn't just disappear. They're just so weak. I haven't used them. I don't even know what the heck the rear deltoid is, but I just couldn't do the exercise very well at all. And it took me many weeks before I became competent to literally to do 10, 15 pounds. So most people's emotional muscle is so weak. It's so mm-hmm. atrophied that they do not recognize fear. Mm-hmm. Just as you're saying, you know, they don't realize what's happening for them. So the core emotion wheel is designed to exercise, to reactivate so that they do start recognizing, oh, that's a fear experience for me. When, you know, Phyllis gets a voicemail when she used to own this company and she would get a voicemail from a client, she would get hit with fear. Oh my goodness. What are they upset about? You know, am I going to lose them as a client? Well, she didn't even recognize that as fear. She didn't know that that was the fear region of her brain that was activating. So the core motion wheel is designed to exercise that muscle so that we start recognizing what's happening for us. I you know, see. so often we use the term, I'm so stressed out. What does that even mean, right? Yeah. We kind of assume we know what that means for each other, but we really don't. It doesn't connect to that region of our brain. So if that's the terminology, well, I'm just stressed out. That's why I'm this way. You slow yourself down and you go, yes, I hear that, but what's happening for you? And when you point to the wheel, people so often figure it out. They may have to take a minute, but they go, okay, what is that stressed out? What does that mean? Does that mean, or even overwhelmed? That's another one. People say, well, I'm so overwhelmed. And we think we know what that means. But if they're not telling you the actual core emotion, you may be wrong about what they're really experiencing. And so for yourself, when you slow yourself down and you go through such an exercise to connect with your own brain, Because this is actually connecting yourself to your brain, which is the messenger. It's a message center that we're just missing the message. And so you connect to the message and you go, okay, what is happening with that? And then often you for yourself find it and you feel a physical shift within your body where, oh my word, my stress is over the fear that I'm not going to be able to meet my mortgage payment. And then you kind of say it, you've now named it instead of it just being this nebulous thing out there. And so it changes how your body reacts and how your body lets go of it. Yeah. And so many words like stress and and overwhelmed and anxiety, those are results of unprocessed core emotions. And so for us to get back to the core emotion and be able to process that, which does not mean it's not going to happen again in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour this afternoon, and we'll process it then as well. So if I feel fear at 10 o'clock in the morning and two o'clock yeah. in the afternoon and three 30, that's fine. I'm just going to process it every time. It happens. I love that because men too, as well, but more so men are, are raised as a child to, you know, mm. don't express emotion, you know, be right. tough, yep. take it, you know, be a tough yep. guy and just take it and don't complain. So they're not really raised to express their emotion or even be attuned to their, what their emotion is. And that, you know, the way it is as they grow up. And I can tell you, you know, my husband and I have been married for 30 years. And I know that he, it's hard for him to be attuned to his emotion. Mm. And then, you know, one day he'll blow up and, you know, everything Mm. that exploded, mentioning about things that happened like months before, because he may not realize what his emotions are. And I can give you an experience myself too, where I didn't know I was stressed until I was just mm. kind of getting frequent colds and so forth. I went to see my friend who was his office right next to me wow. and he listened to my lungs. I had double pneumonia. My, I mm. had, my heart rate was irregular because I was stressed, but I didn't feel stressed. I didn't feel mm. maybe the fear. 
because I was running my business too. I didn't feel any of those emotions because I was just so busy going, 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 find out that I was, had double pneumonia. I had irregular heart rate and my cardiologist essentially said, you got to slow down or else I'm going to have to put you on heart medicine. But that really was an awakening for me. Mm in in realizing i was not attuned to my emotion of Mm -hmm. maybe fear and maybe anger a lot of Mm -hmm. times you don't know that so i'm really glad that you had developed or or you call that is that the emotional wheel core emotional emotional wheel and in fact they have given us a code so for my listeners they have given us a code that if you go to www.connectioncodesplural.co and then forward slash Dr. Ann, our lowercase, D-R-A-N-N-E, our lowercase, you get 20% off of core emotion wheel that may Well, actually that. that one is free. Oh, it's that's free. free for your listeners. Oh, yes. it's free. Okay. Yeah. It's a download that's free. It gives them that and then it teaches them how to use it and gives them all the directions. So yeah, that's just a free download from us just as a thank you for being on your mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Well, our listeners would thank you for it. And I advise our listeners to go check it out and I will be attuned to what you're feeling and your emotion because a lot of us are yeah. too busy to mm-hmm. feel, to really be tuned yes. in for our emotion, right? Yeah. And so we're now on tuning into your emotion, which is yeah. awesome. And then now that we are aware, okay, I'm experiencing sadness. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you verbalize it in a way that it is that to your partner in a neutral, constructive way? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. That's one of the things we cover in our master class where we just go through all of this mm-hmm. start to finish, which is really, really extensive. You know, we did years and years of research in this to try to figure out how this can be successful. So practically speaking, for me, if something happens where uh, whatever it is, but I feel hurt by something Phyllis said, I will just say to her, babe, I felt some hurt with what you said. And we call it the three phrases. She will respond with, oh, wait, what happened with hurt? What did I miss? And she's framing it that she missed something. No, mm-hmm. I'm not blaming her. It's not necessarily her fault. Did she contribute to it? Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. But what we do know is I felt some pain. I felt some hurt in it. And I'll just tell her with one or two sentences that, well, when you said that thing to our friend, I just I felt pain. I felt mm. hurt in it. Okay, so I wasn't what trying are the three phrases? The three phrases. The three phrases are what we call the ooh, which there are several dozen versions of the ooh. It's just something audible, uh, something like, oh, hmm, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's just something verbal that or audible that she would convey to me. The second phrase is what's happening. We really emphasize this. And there's three tenses, what happens, what happened, or what's happening. But for her just to ask me, so babe, what's happening for there? As opposed to especially asking me why, you know, well, why do you feel hurt? You know, why mm-hmm. is such an accusation? Why indicts someone that I shouldn't be feeling hurt? Mm-hmm. And then the third phrase is to just say, I missed it. I missed something there. What did I miss? Because then that's inviting me into my own experience. She says to me, well, that doesn't make sense that you felt hurt. You need to explain yourself better. Well, you can't sell that to anybody Mm. on the planet. Whereas if she just says to me, oh, whoa, I think I might've missed something. What happened for you there? Mm. She's inviting me into my own experience, inviting me into my emotion. And she's just going to be present and safe uh, Mm -hmm. for me because what we're working towards is meeting needs. And the fourth phrase is, what do you need? And after I process the emotion, she's going to ask me that. She's going to say, so what do you need? I'm going to go, I don't know, nothing really. I just need to let you know that I felt hurt Mm. by that. And we literally do that in 20 to 30 seconds. 
And those used to be three hour fights for us. <laughs> wow. I love that. Now, I would love how you role play that. I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that would be great to kind of see. Like you said, you can do that in 20, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of uh, do a role play on how you mm -hmm. start that conversation and the mm -hmm. responses? Yeah. And, you know, we encourage people as much as possible to look at each other. And if you can't, because sometimes these things are incredibly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's so revealing and potentially dangerous because if Phyllis isn't safe for me, if she's not going to be present with me, who I just revealed myself, my core to her. And mm -hmm. if she's not safe for me, that that can be very threatening. So anyway, but what that would look like literally is I'm just going to say to her, babe, I felt some pain mm. a little bit ago. Wow, babe. So what was happening with pain? I feel like I missed it. Well, you just said that thing to our friend. We were having lunch together and you just mm. made some comment about something that mistake I'd made the other wow. day. And I don't know, just felt like a sharp stabbing mm. pain. I just felt wounded. Yikes. Yeah, it. I hear that. Yeah, I really missed on that. So maybe, I don't know, next time if you just mentioned it to me, maybe even in private. Mm. Not even say it in front of our friends because yeah. that was really tough for me. I get that too. So that's mm. what you need yeah. for me to say it in private. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah, cool. I can do that. Yeah. And that what we just did, literally, we're doing that, who knows what, 15, 20, 30 times a day. Mm. That's just how we breathe. I want to make it really clear. We always say we're just pilgrims on the journey. When we miss with each other, we're just like everybody else. And mm -hmm. we missed with each other for literally decades. I mean, it was over two decades where that little interaction right there would have been a three-day fight. Mm -hmm. That would have been right. a three-day conflict. I would have felt wounded by her. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have told her. I would not have told her. So I would have resented her for three days. Mm -hmm. And then after whatever, three days, five days, I would have blown up at her. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're such a jerk. You know, you're so rude. You're so unkind. And she didn't even remember what she said at that lunch five right. days ago. And then I would say, well, you know, you said to Susie this and this. And of course it would now feel much bigger to me because it's, mm -hmm. it's dammed up. It's built up for five days. And now I would fill in a ton of blanks that didn't even happen. And of course, Phyllis is, doesn't even remember it happening. She doesn't mm. remember it, what happened. So she can't really argue with me because she doesn't know if that's true or not. And now we're off to the races and it would get really. I really love nasty. that. I'm glad I asked you how to role play. And so I'm going to kind of ask you another scenario as well, too, on how interaction between a man and a woman. And I hear this a lot in my patient as well as the men in our coaching program, the Modern Man Club, is that the, the couple is together, things are going great, they're hot and heavy, gets an erection, then he kind of loses it, you know? He kind of mm. loses it at that moment and she's ready to go and he's feeling embarrassed, doesn't know what mm. to say. They just kind of like, okay, well, that's it. And they just get dressed. So what would you suggest would be the conversation from him or either from her to initiate, yeah. to talk about that mm -hmm. experience. You know, we say every human is unique, so it'd be difficult to know this hypothetical scenario, you know, mm -hmm. exactly what's happening for them. But you mentioned embarrassed. Embarrassment is a shame experience. And so for him to be able to process that, now the shame was upon losing the erection. So I don't know, there may have been some fear for him to be able to say, I feel some fear that I'm going to. And of course, mm -hmm. Dr. And you know this, because you sat with so many people dealing with that sort of situation. Once he has erectile dysfunction once, then the next time he feels fear that he's going to have it again. And then it just escalates so often for men that, because now he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to get an erection? Am I going to be able to keep an erection? And then he doesn't end up keeping an erection because he's feeling so much fear that he's going to lose his erection, mm -hmm. this terrible cycle. But for him to be safe enough to say to her, I'm feeling fear that I won't be able to get an erection. I'm feeling fear that I won't 
I'd be able to maintain an erection and I feel fear of shame. I feel fear of the, the embarrassment mm. if that happens. And for her to be able to just ooh him, mm. uh, to be able to go, oh, so what else happens for you there? What all am I missing? And we see this over and over again, literally with hundreds, uh, perhaps thousands of couples where just doing that, processing it through. Mm. And now she's not judging him and she may not have been judging him anyway, but he felt judged. He felt a lot of fear that she was going to judge him. And for her to just be able to, again, we call it the ooh, to ooh him and go, oh, wow. Okay, so what else happens for you there? Catch me up. What else am I missing there? And then he feels this incredible sense of safety. Mm. Doesn't have to, quote, unquote, perform. This is just a partnership. It's a dance that they're sharing Mm -hmm. together. I love that. So the opener is that I feel this. I feel fear. I feel Mm -hmm. sadness or I feel hurt or whatever Mm -hmm. the maybe the circumstances that may have just interrupted that connection between the mind and the penis at that time. Obviously, it's something kind of a disconnect there, but he has to kind of be able to verbalize it, you know, to his partner. So the emotion will help with that, you know, to kind of refer to it. Like you said, when it comes to performance anxiety, it's fear mainly, right? Probably a fear because it happened once before and now he's afraid Mm. it's happen again i can't tell you the men i work if it happened one or two times they think it's gonna happen every time yeah. i mean when you yeah. ride a bicycle how many times you fall down before you can ride a bicycle mm. again, right <laughs> so yeah. but for yeah. men they have this high expectation of themselves that you know it happened once or twice oh my god there's something wrong yeah. with me but yeah. to be attuned to the feeling of fear and to be able to convey that I feel there's maybe sadness or fear or maybe last week she said something that may have hurt him or Mm -hmm. maybe she acted in a way that may have hurt him that he felt but now he's processing it Mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment and that that manifests as interruption Mm -hmm. in his erection I love the way how you can kind of connect that to the emotion so he verbalizes that and she will respond as okay Mm -hmm. what did I miss Right. Mm-hmm. So with the four phrase of, Ooh, well, so what did I miss? And then have a conversation going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and again, it's not much of a conversation. I mean, it technically is, but it's really just him processing the emotion, you know, for her to work her way to the fourth phrase to say, so babe, what do you need? And he goes, I don't know. I just needed to process mm-hmm. all that with you. And maybe you could slow down and we could play with this penis on and see mm-hmm. if we can get yeah. get him engaged. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just a partnership in the experience. Mm-hmm. And now they're safe with each other and he's able to do that, which, again, is incredibly vulnerable for a male mm-hmm. or female to be able to do that. So when you're emotionally safe with each other, mm-hmm. that will create that better connection sexually. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the reason with our master classes, we have the foundations master class, which covers all of the emotional muscling, the, the emotional exercising, you know, the emotional intelligence. And that leads us into dynamic sexual connection. And that's our other master classes. The, we call it late night. Uh, and it's all about sexuality. And we build dynamic sexual connection mm-hmm. on top of deep emotional connection. And from my research, good bit of experience. My impression is sex drive is all about sexual joy or sexual loneliness. And for me to even to be able to say that to Phyllis said, oh, I felt a lot of sexual joy this afternoon. I was fantasizing about you and I couldn't get you out of my mind. And I'm just feel I'm flooded with joy about you. I love it, love it, love it. 
or sexual loneliness for me to be able to say, I'm feeling some sexual loneliness. She literally would say, Oh, what's mm. happening with lonely? What am I missing? I'm like, well, you know, we've been busy and you know, we haven't had any sexual playtime in several days or whatever. And, and I feel a lot of sexual joy about getting to have sexual playtime. She goes, Oh, so what do you need? And I go, well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, just listen to what that just happened within the last 20 seconds of what he said. If yeah. you just copy four phrases that he just yeah. said, I think mm -hmm. that will unlock a lot of yeah. bottle emotion and maybe mm -hmm. a lot of feeling that's not been expressed mm -hmm. by what I just hear, what you just said yeah. in the last 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah, and the sad thing is typically, and of course every couple's unique, because every human is unique. You know, so often the guy goes, uh, so babe, you want to do it? And uh, she goes, no. And then he walks away incredibly wounded, but she answered the question that he asked. Mm. But the question is a lie. The question is a misrepresentation of the truth. He was not asking her if she wanted to do it. <laughs> what was really happening was he was flooded with sexual joy and mm. he wanted to be involved with her sexually. He wanted to have sexual connection uh, with her. And it's not fair for me to ask the question, so babe, you want to have sex? And she goes, no, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But that's a misrepresentation of the truth. That's not, wasn't authentic at all. I'm not asking her if she wants to do it. I need to convey to her what's happening for me. And I'm flooded with sexual joy because I really, really like her. I really enjoy her sexually. That's the authentic self. That's what's actually happening. And Phyllis can dance with that. Because again, even if she wasn't mm -hmm. having any sexual thought at all, which typically men have far more often and far more frequently have sexual thoughts and have far more sexual thoughts uh, than women do. Not always, but typically. So I just need to be able to convey that to her. Mm -hmm. And again, if I have that emotional safety, I can do that. But that's incredibly vulnerable for me to say to her, I am feeling so much sexual joy about you. Because now she has the opportunity to wound me if she chooses to. And she doesn't do that. But still, my psyche uh, gets hit with fear that if I share with her authentically, uh, she could reject me and wound me. Mm. I love that. I love that. It's really about more in trusting your partner and yes. emotional safety yeah. in being mm -hmm. able to be vulnerable and express how you feel with your partner yep. and not have the fear that your partner will wound you. And what woman will say no if you say, I feel sexual joy when I'm looking at <laughs> what woman will say no? I mean, because it makes her feel appreciated yep. and makes her right. feel sexy. It makes her mm -hmm. feel attractive when mm -hmm. you say, I look at you and I feel sexual joy and I'm just aroused mm -hmm. and I want us to be connected. But just mm -hmm. the word sexual joy of just, hey, you're ready. So maybe we should yeah. say, hey, instead of saying, oh, you want to do it? Maybe we should say, let's have some sexual joy together. Mm. You know, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> to paraphrase it in that way, because that's such a mm -hmm. nice word it had uh, so many positive intimate connotation yeah. to that word of sexual joy and then sexual loneliness that's really mm -hmm. powerful too I, and i wrote that down right. because yeah. that's like kind of like instead of saying wow well, i'm not i haven't been getting any action oh my god yeah yes. right right yeah. yeah because now i'm attacking her i'm going well you haven't put out lately well they can't sell that to anybody on the planet right. for me to say right. to her you know well you're just too busy and you're not much of a because all of the messages that she hears whenever I say that, because now I'm attacking her. Mm -hmm. And then for me to expect her to want to be involved sexually with the guy who just attacked her, 
That's not going to happen. Whereas if I'm able to say to her, whew, I'm feeling so much loneliness. Literally, she does what we call the three phrases. She goes, oh, what's happening with lonely? What am I missing? I go, well, sexual loneliness. She goes, oh, what's happening with that? I'm like, well, I just miss you. I miss you sexually because I really, really like you sexually. There's so much sexual joy that I experience with you. And when it's not happening, and it hasn't happened in whatever, a few days, and I just really, really miss you. Well, and we call it identity. She is flooded with identity. She feels valued. She feels seen. She feels that she matters to me sexually. Mm -hmm. And that greatly, exponentially increases the odds of her responding to me positively. Where if I'm going, well, you know, it's been a bunch of days since you've been available sexually, I'm the attacker. And she's not going right. to be receptive. Absolutely. Uh, so what would be you would recommend for a woman? And I hear this a lot too where the guy has ED and he's avoiding sex with her because he just doesn't want to face the discomfortness, uh, the guilt and all that. And he's just avoiding sex, but he's not talking with her about it. So mm -hmm. he's looking this way, she's looking this way and they're drifting further apart and they mm -hmm. come and see me and go, well, I have ED. I want to get it fixed because I want to reconnect with my wife again, but I'm not talking to my wife. She doesn't know I'm here. She doesn't even know I have mm -hmm. ED. I'm like, right. yeah, right. She, she knows you have ED, but you guys are just not talking. So mm -hmm. the question I have is as the woman, obviously she's attuned to what's going on, but she's giving mm -hmm. him space. How would she approach it? with him in a nurturing and neutral way. Well, it kind of goes back just to the simple having the core emotion wheel, being able to hear each other in that space. Mm. And then the three questions, the three phrases, like that audible, as far as showing up and knowing he knows he's being heard. I want to hear you. What's happening with you is that question. And then I feel like I'm missing something. Mm. So then she becomes oh. part of the team. She's not attacking. She's not accusing. Mm. She simply says, I think I'm missing something mm. with you. What's happening for you? And then to have that ability to just be an audible listener. We too often want to fix somebody. Mm. We want to solve it. We want to defend ourselves instead mm. of just making this open space. Mm. I want to just hear you. And audible, you know, we call it the ooh, which is just an audible response because I want to make sure he knows I'm hearing him. Where if I stare at him blankly and I don't say anything and I'm biting my tongue because I so want to say something, well, he just sees that blank face. And then he makes up all kinds of things that I'm probably thinking. But if I respond with a, oh, I hear that. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Well, that's an audible response that he knows, wow, she's really tuning in. She's not distracted. She's listening to me. And then when I say, I think I've missed it, it's like an open invitation to mm -hmm. open the door and let me hear what's happening for you. For her to say something to him like, what's the matter with you? What's wrong with right. you? Mm -hmm. You're not acting right. Well, mm -hmm. that's an attack. I mean, his brain is going to get flooded mm -hmm. with fear because she looks like a wolf in his brain. And I'm not blaming her. I'm just talking about what's happening for him. Whereas if she's able just to use the three phrases and go, oh, babe, I think I'm missing something mm -hmm. with you. What else happening? Catch me up because I, mm. I feel like I've missed something with you. That's an incredible safe invitation uh, that he is exponentially greater odds of uh, responding to. Mm, I love that. It's such a difference. We talked about that. Just we take why, the question why, mm. out of our interaction. Yeah. So I don't approach Glenn and say, why won't you have sex with me? Mm. Or why aren't you talking to me? Or why are you avoiding me? That only puts him on the defense. 
and he feels accused and he thinks, I can't come up with the answer that you're looking for. But if I come to him and I say, babe, what's happening? It opens the door. It's like an invitation instead of an accusation. So we take that why question completely out of our relationship. So, and replace it, what's happened? What am I missing? What's happening? What is it you need, right? What's happening with you? What is it that you need? So it shows that you Mm -hmm. listen, you care, and that you want to know what's going on. And it may not be anything. Right. So but some, right. the guy may say, oh, nothing. I don't need anything. And I actually hear my husband sometimes say that when I know he's angry, mm. but he's mm-hmm. just not expressing. Right. When you commit to doing that, we often encourage our couples 30 days. Just do it for 30 days. Yeah, every, every day. day. Yeah. You will see such a difference from day one to day mm-hmm. 30 for yourself and for your partner and for your mm-hmm. relationship. And for anybody that has kids, they're the easiest people to do it with. And they get to the core emotion so quickly. They don't get confused. They know exactly what their anger was, what their fear was, what their joy was for the day, what their hurt was. You'll hear it. And we just have lost it. Like, got to get back to that for ourselves. Why did we lose that? Why why are kids so transparent with their emotion? They're able to express it. What's happened along the way to adulthood? that we right. put so many layers and barriers on that we're not recognizing mm-hmm. what, yeah. what's happened. That's almost a whole separate field yeah. of psychology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're coded from birth to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to convey, mm-hmm. you know, why do we breathe oxygen? Well, we just do. Why did we vote on oxygen? We didn't vote on oxygen. We just breathe oxygen. We're hardwired that mm-hmm. way. And Phyllis and I are faith-based. You know, we believe there's a designer behind it all, but even if there's not a designer, it just worked out that way. Well, that's just how humans mm. function. We breathe oxygen. So the eight core emotions are just coded inside of us. But what happens in time, I think it's mm. the conditioning of our family of origin. It's right. the conditioning of our society. You know, you may have grown up in a really safe home, but then eventually you go off to school mm. and then you're conditioned by the people around you who you realize, well, I'm not safe here. If I tell them that I feel hurt, they jump all over me or they call me all kinds of horrible names. And so we learn to protect ourselves. We learn that is not a safe place. Mm -hmm. And we just get really knocked off course emotionally. And so our emotional intelligence goes way down. And that's what we have to get back to is we have to have this emotional intelligence because we can't store it in our bodies. The body keeps the score and eventually your body gives up on you. Somehow it'll come out some way. Your body says, I can't do this anymore. I can't store all of your emotions anymore. And this is centuries old. This didn't develop in the last six months. I mean, we literally have writings from many centuries ago about how bad emotion is, how evil it is. Mm. And we even see in movies, the greatest movies are guys like James Bond, as far as, you know, men movies. And I love James Bond. I've seen every movie at least three times. So I'm not against the I movie. don't think James Bond's going to express his emotion. Exactly. James, Bond, right? James Bond is a completely dysfunctional character. Uh, and the crazy thing is in the movie, he always gets the girl. No, not in real life. That's a movie. It's a made up story. But we get brainwashed with that. Mm-hmm. We think that John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, James Bond are like the cool guys. No, they're not. They're incredibly dysfunctional. Mm. And no woman would ever partner with them. They wouldn't be able to. Even if they ended up marrying this woman and living with her, she's not going to feel partnered Mm -hmm. with them. She's going to feel incredible pain. That's why it's in the movies, right? The movie is fantasy. Same thing with porn. It's fantasy and it's not real life. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of put in that even on Dr. Glenn and Phyllis' website, Connection 
code.co, put forward slash all cap Dr. Ann, you get 20% off of your masterclass yes. about your masterclass on sexuality as well as right. the emotion. So I invite our listeners mm -hmm. to check that out and then you get the core emotion wheel for yeah. free. I'm definitely going to download that as well. So having yeah. said that, I really appreciate you being here today. Mm -hmm. I learned some stuff as well, and I hope that our listener gets some nuggets out of it. And to recap, I think what you can walk out of here, what key takeaway is be attuned to your emotion and feel safe with your partner and use the four phrases, which is like, Ooh, what's happening? What did I miss? And what do you need? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. And what do you need? And I think you can use that in any context, really friendship and even at work. So I think that having said that, how can our listener connect with you and find more about you? Well, we are on social media, The Connection Codes. We Instagram, Facebook, and we've written a book called The Connection Codes. That's on Amazon. And then as you mentioned, Dr. Ann, we have the master classes really to walk you through mm. how to do this in everyday life, whether it's with your partner or at work, as you mentioned, and with your children, all kinds of relationships where we need to be able to connect and really be able to be transparent and vulnerable with each other. Well, that's all it is it's about humanity, right? To be able to communication and express yeah. your emotion to communication mm -hmm. that and lead yeah. to the mm -hmm. physical connection. Well, because at the end of the day, it's not about sex, right? At the end of the day, it's about right. relationship, it's about yeah. connecting with another human mm -hmm. and relationships. And that's what I've been stressing about even sexuality is that it's really yeah. at the end of the day, it's about relationships. So. Having said that, thank you for being here with me. Listener, check out the show notes below our episode to connect with them. And I will put in the show notes the promo code yeah. as well. So having said that, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for oh, being amazing. here. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Hello there. Want an amazing sex life? This free gift is going to give you more sex by helping you get harder and lasting longer. Let's talk about the most sensitive subject, the effect that aging has on your sex life. If you're over 40, there's about 67% chance that you have to deal with one or more of these issues. You sometimes go soft in the middle of sex. You sometimes have trouble lasting long enough to climax. Your erection just doesn't feel as hard as it used to be and your penis is not as sensitive as it used to be, you cannot reach orgasm or ejaculate, you sometimes have trouble getting an erection, these things lead to frustration and embarrassment when you cannot please your partner. My name is Dr. Ann Trung, and I've been treating men for issues like this for over 25 years. As a board-certified medical doctor who specializes in men's health, I help over 7,000 men reverse the effect of ED. As a way to introduce you to the ED treatment that I offer, I want to give you the most incredible free gift ever. But don't let the fact that it's free gift fool you. This powerful gift will help you get harder and stay and last longer and may just revolutionize your sex life, making sex more exciting, more thrilling, and an amazing experience again. How is that? So here's what you're going to get in this most incredible free gift. Number one, a good morning wood smoothie recipe. This is my specially formulated antioxidant recipe that will help you get harder and stay 
and stimulating more blood flow. It is formulated to increase your nitrous oxide level, which is one of the biggest keys to making you harder and firmer more often and will also help you last longer. It is filled with lots of greens that create more nitrous oxide in your blood. This smoothie will give you that morning wood effect and will also make you harder on demand when you need it most. And you'll see the effect in about several weeks. Number two, nitrous oxide testing strip. You will also get two of these strips, which you will use along with simple instructions to test your nitrous oxide level in your saliva. Nitrous oxide is a gas in your body and is required for good blood flow to the organ. The strip can determine if your nitrous oxide are deficient, which can help us advise you on the best way to reverse your ED. Even more important, since, since ED is an early warning sign of problems with circulation and heart health, this can also be a great way to prevent heart-related problems such as strokes and heart attack. Number three, and the best part of all, a 30-day free trial access to the Modern Man Club. As part of our mission to make men hard again, we launched the Modern Man Club as a way to provide education and support to community of men who's on the path to reversing their ED. With pre-recorded and live session being offered every week, um, I will help men regain sexual health through training, support. I will be there all the way with you to hold your hand through, so that way you can overcome ED and have your best sex life. Members rave about this session and the sense of community they gain by being a member of the Modern Man Club. And all you have to do is to say maybe to this offer. And once you say maybe, you will be on your way to a more fulfilling and exciting sex life. So all you have to do is fill down the form below and then I will see you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Sexual Health for Men podcast. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you post. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you like this episode and what you like to hear in the future. That will help me know what's great for you. And I would love to give you the most incredible free gift designed to help you improve performance quickly. Go to my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com to get the book, The Five Common Costly Mistakes Men Make When Facing ED. I would appreciate it if you subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and just know that you can have sexual vitality for life. I appreciate you. Until next time.